Welcome to the second edition of Stokes and Folks. Uh, we're here today with uh, two outstanding lobbyists from Utah's Capitol Hill, Kate Bradshaw. Uh, hi, Kate. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being on. And and Kate is also a uh, county councilwoman in Bountiful. Is that correct, Kate? That is correct. It's my side hustle. <laughs> and Frank Pignanelli, the uh, the author of uh, what do you call your column in the newspaper? Pignanelli and Webb. Pignanelli and Webb. So the the uh, bright part of that uh, of that <laughs> of that column, <laughs> Pignanelli and Webb. But I, I think what we're going to do today is talk a little bit about. So many people have been intrigued by how things are happening at the Capitol and what and the way the business is being conducted at the Capitol right now. Um, I'd like to kind of get your perspective, Kate, on what, how you think things have changed in the year of COVID at the Capitol. Well, the first thing is, you know, there's been a, a big shift in the ability of um, the public to connect online and testify online. Testifying online was, was really a very rare thing. And it would always be like someone calling in and then they'd, they'd like hook a mic up to them and, and there was no uh, visual, there was only audio. Uh, so thanks to COVID, we have made dramatic leaps forward in terms of, of using Zoom to conduct committee meetings and floor meetings and have debate both from the public from legislators. So that's a, a really big change. Um, it's fun because now every single person testifying starts with, can you hear me now, Mr. Chairman? <laughs> um, that's that instead of, you know, starting with, hi, I'm Kate and I'm here on behalf of, uh, you start with, can you hear me now to make sure you're unmuted. And of course there have been some really fun, uh, you know, mute mishaps uh, as we've done this process. There's less people at the Capitol and, and uh, you know, all of us I know have been up to testify in person on different things, but, you know, the camaraderie of being together uh, at the Capitol, that's gone. And that's actually, I think, kind of a sad piece, uh, both the public and the school kids and the, the larger Utah political community kind of missed out on all those people. Um, and then of course, you know, whether you're single masking or double masking uh, is a new, a new factor that we're all living with. I, I've been intrigued by the backdrops of uh, everyone who's been either testifying or the agencies. And I, I've got to say today, I would give uh, DNR, uh, Division of Natural Resources, the the award for most professional backdrop presentation. I don't know if you saw any of that today, but it was uh, it was fascinating. Frank, how about you? What, what, what's been your impression of uh, COVID, COVID legislature? Well, as, uh, you know, Kate described a piece of it. You know, it's interesting. I, I read a statement by somebody, an analyst, that said that the pandemic brought 2030 to 2020. And that's exactly what's happened is that things we thought about would happen in the future, participation by witnesses and even by lawmakers on an electronic basis is now happening much quicker than we expected. So a couple of things. I mean, I love, like the rest of you, I love going up, you know, standing between 10 and noon in front of the House or Senate just either you know doing my work or talking with you. I mean, that's the buzz. That's what really makes lobbying fun. And that's not happening. 
So in terms of us as a lobbyist, the second piece is the great interactions. If someone had a question on a bill, you'd go grab that legislator when he or she is walking out of committee room. That's not happening. So it's changed how we do things. It's made it very sterile. I guess that's the point. They want things sterile so disease doesn't spread. But you have to make these appointments by either Zoom or phone or whatever uh, with these lawmakers. I mean, if we were still able to do our work, it just changed the personality uh, concept of it. Lobbying has been part of the human condition for thousands of years. It's now changed to where it's not the this, this same personal interaction. Also, as Kay pointed out, the, the personal interaction with, you know, because I really believe that one of the great things about the, the state legislature, they do try to make it easy for the public to engage, whether it's in the committee process and things like that. I do think they're trying to, to make it accessible to the public. The problem is, is that it, you're asking the public to go through so many steps to ensure that. I think it just, it's hard for them. And I've noticed that people get intimidated by getting on a committee webpage and things like that. The legislature's not doing anything wrong. They're doing their best. It's just so novel to so many people. The other piece is there's no, there's no rallies. There's no you know, protests and things like that. We always, that was always a main feature of the Capitol. Somebody, every day, somebody was complaining about something. And there's and no high school band in the rotunda. So no high school band, <laughs> we haven't had to listen to that. You know, my favorite, my favorite, when I was, when I was serving the legislature, my favorite guy was the, he was, he was the pastor for the nudist Zionist church of America. And he would <laughs> drape around doing his best to undress in the rotunda. We're not seeing that anymore. You know, it's like a mausoleum in there. Yeah, it, it is. My it favorite, is strange. Go, no, go I ahead. Say, my favorite protest was um, there was a water bill dealing with um, uh, access to riverbeds for fishermen. You know, the, so the fly fishermen came out in force uh, dealing with this bill and they came up in their waders um, carrying their fishing poles and with the, um, I don't know, those little baskets you put your catch in, uh, which by the way, kind of smell fishy. Uh, <laughs> no, no packed, kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, no, like no pun intended. They smelled fishy. They made the rotunda smell fishy. Uh, but they packed the rotunda in there and they're sloshing around in their waders with their fishing poles. And it was, it was a colorful, memorable group, you know, exercising their right to petition for redress of grievances. And those are some of those fun stories that were, we're, we're missing out on and, and some of the colorful parts of the session. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll miss some of those tales that we all, all like to tell as war stories down the road because we haven't seen them live. I, Frank, I, I'm intrigued by it's making it more difficult for the public to, um, to, to access government because they have to jump through a few more hoops. And that, that is true. I've always said, though, that if a, a citizen comes up to the Capitol, they have way more access to legislators and lobbyists because we're bugging them all the time. So if you can get a really passionate citizen to come up, uh, I, I tell the story of the, the milk bill with Mark Roberts, and he had three, three women who were passionate about it, and they got that dang thing passed over the top of the uh, Department of Agriculture because they just talked to every single person, uh, and they were, they were happy to talk to them uh, about what was going on. I, I have been intrigued by the amount of technology that's uh, been deployed in really a pretty rapid, rapid pace up there, and it has, been, um, it has been interesting to watch that. They took out the cafeteria, and so I don't know. I'm sure that when they build the new state office building in the back, it'll have a cafeteria in it, but they've created those larger meeting rooms so there can be social distancing. Uh, some of the rooms are still unfinished. You can see that, that from the, you know, the, 
uh, video that you see. But I'd give a shout-out to Jake Andrig, who in his last uh, newsletter to his constituents actually put a tutorial uh, on his in his newsletter of how the public can engage and it kind of walked them through how to use the website, uh, how to tell if a meeting is going on live. Um, and the other thing I've been intrigued by, and I'm going to ask, throw it out. You've, you've been watching all of these calls, uh, all the legislators participating on zoom. Come on. Who's your favorite legislators backdrop, uh, and them on, on zoom. Weiler, Frank. Weiler. <laughs> Weiler. Weiler has the most interesting, well, at least I've seen so far, Weiler has the most interesting. Kate? So I agree. Senator Weiler has very interesting backgrounds. Um, I want to give a shout out, though, to you get to see legislators kind of managing um, families, right, managing their life. So uh, uh, there was this, uh, a legislative Zoom meeting I was on um, yesterday where Senator Escamilla's kids came in, they, you know, they needed, they needed something and, and were, um, you know, maybe not understanding that, that mom was, was doing her, her Senator thing right now. And she was unmuted. And so she, she kind of had to, you know, use the mom voice and tell the kids, you know, not now, not happening right now. Um, and so I, you know, you kind of enjoyed that you, you saw a real slice of someone's life. They are just like the rest of us managing things at home. I will while say participating remotely. So that of the legislators, I mean, Senator Escamilla actually you can tell she prepares for the Zoom call. I mean, she she actually is dressed like she would be on the Senate floor. I mean, I always try to weave a swear word in. This is just the second second episode. So I always try to weave, weave a swear word. And you've got the legislators who don't care uh, or give a damn. And then you have the legislators who care about what their backdrop is, what their, you know, uh, if they've actually gotten dressed. I know that Senator Ibsen is out. Uh, with COVID. And so he actually puts on his suit and tie and, and uh, sits in the chair uh, and participates via zoom. Uh, but then there are others who have, you know, they just show up in their, you know, open collared shirt or whatever uh, to participate. Okay. So how has your interaction been? Um, have you been, have you been using the lobbyist room? Have you been being tested to use the lobbyist room? Are you being tested for COVID to participate up there? Well, my, my, my issue was I, uh, a week ago today, I had lunch with Senator Weiler uh, at, at the Elf Club. And, um, and of course, you don't wear masks when you're eating lunch. <laughs> and I, I find out on Monday that he's tested positive. So I ran and got uh, a rapid test. And it took me two and a half hours to get the rapid test. As I say, <laughs> think about the rapid test, it just gets you pissed off quicker. And so, uh, see, I went, I'm, I'm throwing another word. Yeah, thank you. you. So we can make it moderately explicit, the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, of course, the test result came back quicker than when I, when I, from when I left the, 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 the state fairgrounds. But any event, so I've been tested. But now, what's the lobbyist lounge just open up testing. I've not done that. So I, I'm staying away today from the Capitol because I'm going to do my rapid test to, to you know, I guess today, so I'll be good at least before Monday to get it again. They're asking all lobbyists to be tested twice a week. Probably a good idea. 
Uh, at least it makes us feel better. I don't know if it's actually going to work, but it makes us feel good. And for those that may not know, so there is an association up on Capitol Hill called the Capitol Hill Association. It's made up of a group of lobbyists who have gone and rented space in the state capitol. And, of course, because it's close quarters in that room, um, they're asking they're asking people to be tested two times a week, just like the legislators. And I, I made the statement on one Zoom call we had, you know, I, I, I like all of you, but trusting all of you as to whether or not you're getting COVID tested, that is another question. But I know, Kate, you're following those rules very well. Yeah, so I, I have tested twice this week. I, I did um, I did the spit test on Sunday to be prepared for the, the coming week. And then I did the nose tickler yesterday. Both were uh, both were negative. Um, the nose tickler is so much fun that I'm going to prepare better. I had to do that one because I'd eaten 30 minutes prior to the test. And oh, and you can't eat the, with the, the spit, spit test. test? Yeah, and so I'm going to prepare better and not try and eat my breakfast in the car on the way to get tested because the spit test is definitely less, less traumatic. Um, it is one of those things that, you know, I've been taking fairly seriously. I, I lost two grandparents in 2020. My mom got COVID and, and was in the hospital. And so it was really impactful to our family. And uh, I've luckily missed it. Um, my husband is a teacher. He's received one dose of the vaccine so far, but it's, you know, we're, I am actually planning, these are the double masks I am planning to wear today at the Capitol um, when I go up to testify. So trying to still do the work that my clients need me to do. And, and sometimes my uh, city constituents need me to do, but be really safe about it. Uh, there's legislators that, you know, we're all familiar with that are, um, you know, in quarantine now, and some are asymptomatic, and and some are really struggling. And so, it's having watched it play out. It's it's a it's a thing I'm taking pretty I, seriously. And I I agree. It's it's been hard to watch uh, legislators um, get it, and some are in pretty serious condition. I will tell you that I'm I'm I was a little shocked. Uh, to go to the Capitol and be one of six the day I was up there in the rotunda, uh, because we've seen that always as you know bustling, and I, I really do. I have to commend the legislature for really taking it serious and really trying. I mean, even you've got legislators. We all know their political affiliation, their political background, their feelings about uh, wearing masks, and they're all doing it. And it's been kind of shocking to me that they're all participating and being really conscious of it because the last thing you want to do, I think, as a lobbyist, I mean, who wants to pick up the reputation of being the lobbyist that gave a state legislator COVID? And if it didn't end well, you would forever be marked as the the, legis the, the lobbyist that took out uh, that legislator. So I think it's important we're all careful. Shifting gears really quickly, um, since this is the second week of the session, we've only been actually allowed up there for the past week. Uh, last Thursday, they uh, opened the Capitol back up to interns. And then Monday, they opened the Capitol up to us. So we've been there for a week. What's been your experience? Uh, uh, well, I, we've, we've covered a little bit of that. But what do you think will be the hot issue? And will they actually deal with some major controversial issues just in the few minutes we have remaining? Kate, what do you, th what do you think will be the controversial issue of the session? Ooh, there's... Um there, there's a lot of law enforcement bills. And so the, as a category, uh, based on kind of our collective state and national experience in 2020, I think those will be interesting and they're coming from different different sides of the spectrum. So that's a big category. 
Um, there's one that's rumored to be coming um, on Utah Lake, the Utah Lake Authority. Um, and that one could be very interesting because of course, um, you know, we saw what, how the inland port and that authority really, you know, grabbed uh, everybody and, and, and had lots of attention. So, so are they, are they thinking of doing a, interesting. are they thinking of doing a, a deep water port in Utah Lake so that they can uh, ship the coal out from the deep water port in Utah Lake? Because uh, that's what everybody thought was going to happen out at the inland port. There was, you know, that kind of controversy. So you joke, but that is part of, that's maybe part of the idea is dredging Utah Lake to make it deeper so that it wouldn't have the algal bloom issue, issues by being so warm. Also maybe making islands in the lake um, out of that dredged material. Uh, they, but it, it they definitely pay, is impactful. They've seen the success with Dubai, Dubai right? The, uh, <laughs> the islands, they've man-made islands out in the ocean. So it could be, you know, like, don't you think for Utah Lake, like, would they make a Y? Would they make a beehive, a seagull? <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, I don't even want to joke about it, but there are such dyed-in-the-wool BYU, dyed-in-the-wool BYU fans with money that they would, they, you've given a developer a fantastic idea because how else can you show? that you are a dyed-in-the-wool BYU fan other than ha than living on the Y in Utah Lake. Yeah, you could live on the Y Island in Utah Lake in the shadow, you know, the reflection shadow from the Y on, on the mountainside. And uh, <laughs> maybe your house is also blue and white. Uh, you live on Cougar Lane. I, don't, I mean, yep, it's a whole I can thing. see how this would work. It's a whole thing. Frank, what do you think the, uh, the, the controversial topic for the year will be? Well, in addition to law enforcement issues, I mean, you've got you got some gun bills. I think you have some discussion on that because Herbert did veto one the, some of the bills that probably gets through. You know, even though the budget's always, you know, you always have budget, but it's going to be interesting what they do back. Do they backfill everything that was cut uh, last summer because of the the, the, the COVID and the pandemic because they've got more money? And, and how, what are they going to do with the one-time money? I mean, there's going to be interesting how they, they do that. Oh, uh, you're going to see the, the, the dispute between the legislature and the governor in terms of emergency powers. And I think that's what the governor was alluding to in the state of the states is I'm going to veto some bills. And I think he's looking at that. Uh, some of, you know, as the legislature tries to define their powers in emergency situations. So I think that's going to be, you know, another one of those interesting topics to watch. And then also, you know, I, I do believe you're going to see more legislation dealing with health care and how, like with telehealth and things like that. You're going to see a lot of healthcare legislation because the pandemic has changed how we access health. Oh, and, spoken and like, spoken like a blue cross lobbyist. Thank you very much. <laughs> this, this episode of Stokes and folks has been sponsored by blue cross blue shield. Uh, I, I agree. I agree on all fronts with everyone. I think today at noon uh, was the filing deadline or is the filing deadline. So um, we're just minutes away from uh, having all of the bill requests filed and, and we'll know probably Monday uh, what looms out there. Um, one, more, one more, Spencer. Okay. Going to be probably going to be a bill about content of social media applications. So and, that will be and that will be huge. That will be huge. And uh, Kate and I, uh, as lobbyists, uh, hope that a technology company picks us up to fight for that, right? To fight against that content. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to whatever is the Lobbyist uh, Full Employment Act for this year. And if that's <laughs> going to be it, then I hope to see uh, all of you masked 
in the lounge. In the rotunda yeah. sometime soon. I, you know, it is, it is, um, I would hope that they kind of shun things that are, that are going to be that hotly contested. I think next year, I think 2022 session will be back to normal. I, I feel pretty confident that we're going to make headway this year on, you know, being vaccinated. I, I've called the health department and asked them when prostitutes were going to be vaccinated because I know we'll be right after them. Lobbyists will be uh, on the list right after prostitutes uh, are vaccinated. To be serious (laughs) on that issue, remember the payment protection program. Everyone in the country could get a check but strippers and lobbyists. That's right. That's right. We were we were banned from doing that. I mean, that's outrageous. Yeah, outrageous. Yeah. You well, and I noticed. I don't know if that may be the the center of your window or is that a pole in the back there, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey. If pole dancing, I could get some money from the federal government. <laughs> Well, this concludes another episode of Stokes and Folks. We'd like to thank our two guests, Kate Bradshaw and Frank Pignanelli. And uh, please join us next week for another edition of Stokes and Folks. And rate us when you you listen to this, where you consume your podcasts. Or join us at utpolunderground.com or utahpoliticalunderground.com.